This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. It's that time of year again when Hallmark and Lifetime and a great many other outlets put on their holiday best. That's right, it's Christmas movie season and we're diving in. From a splashy musical to a big comeback for Lindsay Lohan, we're dipping a toe in some of the highest profile movies of this season. I'm Linda Holmes, and today we're offering up a guide to some of this year's holiday movies on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. Here with me is writer Kat Chow. Hey, Kat. Hello. And also with us is NPR senior editor Barry Hardiman. Hi, Barry. Hello. I'm so excited to have you both here for this. I do want to mention a couple things about the movies that we are talking about this year. These are all Christmas movies. There are always a handful of movies that focus on other holidays. Hallmark alone has a Hanukkah movie this year and a Kwanzaa movie, neither of which are arriving until much closer to Christmas. So some of this is about what we have access to right now. There are more LGBT movies every year. There are more leads of color. It's a bigger and wider world out there than we used to get. We're just looking at some of the headliners. So consider this just a taste of what is going on in holiday movie world. Let's get right to it. The first one we're going to talk about is Falling for Christmas. And, you know, she falls in this movie because the thing is... (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) Titles of Christmas movies are very literal. You should always assume... A lot of falling. Yeah, you get what it says on the tin. Exactly. So Falling for Christmas is a Netflix movie starring Lindsay Lohan as a rich socialite who falls while skiing and hits her head and gets amnesia, obviously, Mm -hmm. and winds up spending the holidays with a down-to-earth in-owner played by Cord Overstreet. You might know him (laughs) from Glee. He has an adorable daughter, and Lohan's got a a haughty fiancé looking for her. An influencer. Mm. It is quite the classic setup. Kat, you watched Falling for Christmas. How did you enjoy this movie? All right. So I love holiday rom-coms. And I also love the whole amnesia plot device because I feel like that there's so much there. And I also love a good heiress movie, Mm. which this hits. And to me, this was kind of like a Lindsay Lohan comeback to some degree. I mean, oh, for sure. I think she's at her best when she plays characters who are a little bit likable and obviously going from, you know, likable to not or, or some manifestation of that. And this movie has has that. Mm-hmm. She has this sort of out-of-touch heiress vibe who needs room service and, I don't know, has a Valenyagi <laughs> jumpsuit. That's supposed to be like a mix of Balenciaga and Valentino, right? Or something like that. Yep. I just thought this movie was a classic holiday movie. It's cheesy. There are some really 
terrible CGI. Mm. But for some reason, everybody keeps just trying to make this ski heiress ski when she doesn't know how to ski. And It's an heiress's prerogative to just do appraise ski. Mm-hmm. Yes. And wear those clothes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I mean, you know, that's one plot hole. <laughs> so this is about an heiress <laughs> with a fresh start. And I have to say, like, I found her kind of charming and mischievous and sassy. And, and it sort of felt like a good way for her to have a mini comeback. Yeah. Because it's not a challenging movie. All she had to do were the things that she's always been pretty good at, you know. Right. And I'm pro that and pro her. And I think this kind of movie is all in the execution, right? It's yeah. pure formula. Yes. You know, it's the amnesia plot. Mm-hmm. It's the hot local dad. Hot grieving father. Yes. The hot local dad. It's the save the small business. Right, right. It's the rich father here played by soap vet Jack Wagner. Hello, sir. Great hair. Still got it. Absolutely. And um, it's the rich parent who needs to understand that you don't want to follow in the footsteps of the rich parent. Mm -hmm. Everything here is 1,000% to formula. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that is why in these kinds of movies, what you need is appealing people, reasonably decent dialogue. Mm -hmm. And I think they executed it just fine. I think this movie is exactly what the people who watch it will want it to be. Yes. Can I say one thing, though? I'm not quite as pro the single as I am the movie. That's the Jingle Bell Rock. That is what the sound of CGI is. Uh, (laughs) mm -hmm. I think we give this one a satisfactory. Yes. I agree with that. A good Mm -hmm. score. A good score for a movie like this. The next one we're going to talk about, the reason we wanted to talk about this one and the one after it is it's always interesting to me every year to see what new outlets, and this isn't completely new, but it's an expansion, Mm -hmm. what outlets are kind of getting in on the Christmas movie thing Mm -hmm. that maybe at one point you would not have expected to do it. So Discovery Plus, which is the, you know, the custodian of the Food Network and HGTV brands, has four movies this year in which stars from those channels have small roles in Christmas movies. (laughs) Love it. We're going to talk briefly about two of them. The first one, A Gingerbread Christmas, manages to insert Duff Goldman, the one-time ace of cakes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. into a story about a woman trying to save her family bakery. And by the way, she is played by Tia Sarkar, who you might know from The Good Place, where she Mm -hmm. played fake Eleanor. Vicky. Love her. Vicky, exactly. She's trying to save the bakery by winning a gingerbread house contest. Am I describing that correctly? Yes, Yes. that is correct. For $100,000, which is a phenomenal prize. $100,000 gingerbread contest. (laughs) For one gingerbread house. Who's funding that? Yeah. Barry, tell me what you thought about A Gingerbread Christmas. Well, so I should tell you, I watched this with my kids because we are... um, Buddy versus Duff, Ace of Cakes fan. Sure. So they actually had not seen a lot of these tropes before. <laughs> like they had seen the old fashioned, you know, they've seen like Holiday Inn and, and, you know, and White Christmas and that stuff, but they hadn't seen it in a modern setting. Right, right. It actually really made me kind of love it because they kept being like, oh no, he's not going to be able to play the rent. But her <laughs> worst enemy opened a bakery across the street. Mm-hmm. The excitement of it really made me see it through new eyes. You know, it it has the like trying to save the bakery. It has hot local dad. Yep, single father. There's also somehow a contractor. There's an amazing moment where in order to show her that he can bake, he like puts on his chef's coat. But to put on the chef's coat, he takes his shirt off first, yeah. <laughs> as one does. 
Okay, hold on a second before you go getting too excited, Julia Child. I'm the one who needs convincing here. Meaning? An audition. The chef's coat goes right over bearskin. That's how yeah, we do it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I was like, is that made of, like, Pima cotton? Like, I, excuse me. Anyway, I thought it was darling. She's got a lot of vim and vigor. One thing I want to call out, because I did think it was actually quite lovely, the estranged friendship where her best friend has opened a bakery across the street that is taking all the foot traffic away from her mother's bakery. Yes, her mother has passed away. The way that that friendship is repaired I thought was really lovely. Yeah. When she sort of described it from her perspective, you know, her friend was closeted in high school. And so the stealing the boyfriend did not look the way, you know, she was trying to feel a certain way with the popular crowd because she was hiding who she was and all of these. I actually thought it was one of those things where I was like, I'm glad I'm watching this with the kids. This is pretty lovely. Yeah. I actually thought of all of the explanation plot points. Yeah. This was actually really well formed and thought out. 100%. Satisfactory, decent. I do want to ask you about what you thought of the Duff Goldman of it. He comes in as the judge of the gingerbread contest, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yes. I mean, he is like you would expect. He is playing himself. Overall appearance, creativity, difficulty, craftsmanship. So don't hold back. He is so awkward. Yeah. You know, he reminds me of, you know, sometimes in radio you give somebody something to read and you're like, you sound like you're reading. Yes. He sounds like he's reading. God yes. bless him. He's still charming and I love his little smile and, you know, all that stuff. But this is not a career for him. This is a lark. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I love Duff with children. Same. Um, and I wish that they just brought more kids in and him interacting with kids because I feel like that's when he really shines and good point it melts my heart yeah it melts my heart too and the interesting thing one of the reasons I asked you about Duff is that the other one that we are just touching on here is called One Delicious Christmas <laughs> and this is the one that brings Bobby Flay love it to the table. He plays a restaurant critic. Brilliant. This one has a woman who is once again trying to save the family business. <laughs> this time it's an inn and restaurant, and she's working with this adventurous new chef who, by the way, is very, very sexy. Yes. Um, very handsome. Yeah. He had a lot of charisma. Yes. And so in this one, she, you know, she there's a new chef that comes to the inn and restaurant, and Bobby Flay plays a restaurant critic, like a food critic. The thing that I thought was funny about this one is like, Bobby Flay really wants to show you that he can act as opposed to like, I think yeah. Duff Goldman kind of comes in and is like the gamest man in the world. Yes. And he comes in and he's like, I'm game. And he does whatever. I think Bobby Flay is like, I can act. Mr. Kingsley. <laughs> I guess I've been spotted. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. I'm Abby. Richmond, such a pleasure to meet you. So I understand you run both the inn and the restaurant. Yes, I inherited this place. Bobby Flay is like, next season, I want to be the romantic lead, you know? Yes. Like Drew yeah. from Property Brothers and how he starred in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Next season, I want to put on a chef's coat with no t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because years ago, my uh, passive TV watching would just be to watch episode after episode of Beat Bobby Flay. Oh. And so I'm very, very familiar with Bobby Flay and all of his eyebrow expressions and all of the, you know, like tropes that he goes to when he's giving his lines. And I was kind of like, Bobby Flay, you know, I, I expected a little, a little more of you. But uh, the movie itself, I thought that as wonderful and snackable the lead was, the other main character, they lacked really good chemistry with each other. And I was disappointed. I wanted some more, uh, 
Sparks. Yeah. Yeah. As we said, these really run on execution. And Mm -hmm, this was mm -hmm. one that had trouble holding my attention in a way that the other ones didn't. And I definitely agree with you, Kat. I think the chemistry was a little bit lacking in this one. But, you know, if you like your, um, you know, if you like your story about saving the inn and you like a very sexy man, he is a snackable sexy man. Yes. So that is three romantic comedies. The last one is not a romantic comedy. It is called Spirited. It is on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a musical. It's a spin on A Christmas Carol. Will Ferrell plays the ghost of Christmas present who sets out to haunt and therefore rehabilitate a terrible jerk played by Ryan Reynolds. The music is by the Broadway composers Pasek and Paul, who wrote the music for Dear Evan Hansen and La La Land and some other things. It also features Octavia Spencer and Tracy Morgan as the voice of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Now, I am the only one of us who has watched this movie. What you need to know about this movie is basically that Will Ferrell is doing a Will Ferrell. (laughs) And Ryan Reynolds is really doing a Ryan Reynolds. Great. (laughs) Love it. Okay. That's what I signed up for. I really enjoyed this, actually. The beginning of it, I felt it was slow to get started. I was not 100% sure I was going to be into it. I didn't like the first song, which is kind of the let's get into the holiday spirit song. And I was like, well, this is a problem. You wait for the day. You prep for a year. And when the big day is finally here, you take a jerk and work to turn them around. Why are they singing? (laughs) As it goes on, I kind of got into it. I thought some of the songs were really catchy. I think Ryan Reynolds is really funny in it. He's kind of playing a guy who works basically in PR, but like his thing is he digs up dirt on people and runs PR for like political candidates and stuff like that. Love a bad boy, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oppo. So he does Oppo. That's exactly what it is. So the point is Will Ferrell, when they're looking for someone to haunt, because the gist here is that the haunting of people at Christmas is part of a sort of a group that has like an office mm-hmm. where they decide who to haunt and then they go out and haunt people and set up the haunting and all that. Like a Monsters, Inc. idea. Yeah. I love that. It's like elves, but for haunting. It's cute. And the idea is Will Ferrell is really drawn to the idea of haunting this guy and making him a better person because he's so terrible. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get Ryan Reynolds really rolling around in this badness. <laughs> like <laughs> He has a big number mm. that introduces him where he kind of sings. It's almost like... Um, uh, you got trouble in River City where he's trying to convince all of these uh, Christmas yeah. tree farmers that they have to kind of go out and make everybody hate plastic Christmas trees because only hate really drives people to do anything. The world is what? Tribal. So if you want your sales to soar, it's not enough for folks to love you. They gotta hate your rivals more. As an expert, my advice is feed that hate. Cause hate is strong. Folks will gladly pay your prices to prove those Christmas I gotta say, I kind of got into it. Yay, I'm glad to hear this. They have really good chemistry. I liked at least enough of the music. There's, you know, there's a lot to recommend it. I kind of liked it. And I thought, well, you know, you kind of want there to be a, a sparkly musical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're due for one. And it's sort of like there are endless Christmas Carol takes. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but there are some ways in this is kind of in which this is kind of a meta Christmas carol take, but I really enjoyed it. Kid friendly? 
I would say 95%. Yes. Nice. That's perfect. Okay. 95. It's the kind of movie where like occasionally someone will swear. Yeah. But more often someone will start to swear and get cut off. Okay. Well, 95% is, is something I would hope for in my household. Yeah. <laughs> so. so Elf was a classic, or I mean, mm. it still is a classic. Do you yeah. think that this also has classic potential? Mm, good question. I think it's really hard for anything to become as popular as something like Elf. Mm, I yeah. think there is such a scattered culture and everybody is trying to get in on on Christmas stuff so much that it's <laughs> yeah. hard for anything to be that popular. But totally. I definitely think it's playing into not quite the same Will Ferrell vibe, but I think there are a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, I'm happy to see Will Ferrell in another yeah. fun Christmas thing. Yeah, I could see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And these, as I said, are just a few a few mm. of the the holiday movies on offer. Like I said, these are all Christmas movies, but not all the holiday movies coming are Christmas movies. We want to know what you think about these holiday movies and what else you're watching this holiday season. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Kat Chow, Barry Hardiman, thank you so much for being here. This is so fun. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. And of course, thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. If you have a second, sign up for our newsletter. It's at npr.org slash pop culture newsletter. This episode was produced by Candace Lim and Chloe Weiner and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello, Come In provides our theme music, which needs more bells. I'm Linda Holmes, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.